This is Travis Willingham, the voice of Thor, and you are listening to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. They even said, uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know. Uh, which uh, particular issue of uh, People magazine with Mr. Cummings on the cover? Ah, oh, perhaps I missed it. You know, at the time they were animating in Toronto and they were up against the wall. Kelly said they walked out and he was there with the other three other producers and directors. And they said, oh, all right, call the bastard. You know, so they, they, they called me up and I went in and I read for it. And they go, oh, well, we hadn't thought of that, have we? Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. Welcome to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. I'm Justin Connors. One of and the I'm be- Jamie Green. Jamie Don't Green. me. I'm one of the beautiful hosts. Jamie's the other beautiful one. No, I'm the great big one. You're the beautiful <laughs> oh, yeah. one. Yeah, that's probably how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how's it going, Jamie, this week? It's going really well. I am just so excited for today. Oh, I can't. Ask um, me why. Ask me why. Okay, I'll ask you why. Why, Jamie? Why are you excited for today? Because our guest <laughs> is the best ever. And don't we say that every week? But every week we mean it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, well, let's talk about who we're going to talk to. I don't really think we need to have a big rambling intro because he, you know, he's the don't. man, right? <laughs> we don't. Yeah. And if you, you know, looked at the title of this episode, you already know that it's Jim Cummings. Um, but Jim is the voice of... <sighs> If you're anywhere close to being our age, um, which is, you know, mid 30, um, he is, you know, no, no lie. He is the voice of your childhood. If you watched, you know, the Disney afternoon or watched any sort of cartoons when you were growing up, um, Monterey Jack and the Rescue Rangers, Zummy Gummy and the Gummy Bears, Don Carnage on Tailspin, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Darkwing Duck, Nega Duck, Pete, from, uh, you know, Goof Troop in the Goofy movie and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Bonkers, Ed from The Lion King. Um, he's been on, <laughs> he's been in Pocahontas. He's been on the Iron Man cartoon. He's been in Gargoyles, Aladdin, Tarzan. He was Ray in Princess and the Frog. He was Hondo Onaka in The Clone Wars. He's everybody. <laughs> so he basically our entire childhood. He, he is our childhood. Yeah. That's what I said. And that's yeah. just scratching the surface. If, you know, you go to his IMDb list or you go to, you know, a, a listing of his of the movies and the roles that he's been. Um, it is remarkable. I mean, it's just it's hundreds and hundreds of characters from shows and movies that um, most of us love dearly. So, yeah, we've got him today. And I, this is just thrilling. So we're going to play the interview with him. And we decided to try to veer away a little bit from going in detail about stuff he's done, but more talk about, you know, the work itself. So I think you're going to be very interested in this. So here we go. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's a real pleasure to have you on. Um, and to start off, I think I want to go all the way back to the beginning. Uh, in doing a little bit of research about um, your earliest roles and where you started, um, I-, I discovered that you started your career as the voice of Lionel the Lion on Dumbo's mm-hmm. Circus. 
Uh, Correct. Honestly, I had never even heard of before, so I was a little bit surprised to hear that there were more than 100 episodes during the 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and then I went to YouTube where they have some clips, um, and it's it's a bit surreal to watch at this point. It's a little bit strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was back in the... Uh, the animatronic days, uh, that they were definitely not CGI. Those were people in costumes, you know, some, uh, some little people, some, some big people of all shapes and sizes. And they decided to make Lionel a lion because he was replacing Timothy, the mouse from Dumbo. But, uh, you know, even a four foot mouse is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little that's still pretty, pretty jarring. So they, they said, you know what, let's just make him a lion. Yeah. So that that was the uh, that was the thinking behind that. Yeah, cute show though. It, but yeah, it, it's, by today's standards, it's it's almost quaint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it reminded me there were a lot of um, kids shows back then that were similar. You know, they basically yeah. just like the Disney parks walk around characters, people in costumes and doing things mm -hmm. like that. Sure. Um, but now you were just the voice. You didn't actually. You weren't actually in the costume, correct? No, God, no, indeed. <laughs> No, no, no. People have asked me that, too. Is that you at Disneyland walking around in the costume? I go, no. <laughs> Has Pooh or Tigger or Darkwing or any of those guys ever spoken to you? Yeah, no. Exactly. Well, then why would I? Well, <laughs> trust me, if they were talking, you know, if I were in there, I'd be at least talking. Yeah. I'd be saying something. You'd be saying something, But right. no, that is not me. So was that the type of show that you wanted to do when you st first started out, or did you sort of see it as a means to an end to something else that you wanted to do? I never thought of it in, at all. Really? They, they, I, I had an audition, and I got the job. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, you know, it's like saying, you know, so, so this, you know what I mean? It's like, well, Harrison, now, was that Raiders of the Lost Ark? Is that what you were wanting to, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, if you're in, you know what I mean? You're in the business and, and here's a, here's a show. Yeah. Oh, okay. You don't you say know, no it's to like, it, right? sure. Yeah. That's, that's the one I auditioned for. So that's, that's definitely the one I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Because, because I auditioned. That's how you could tell, right? Exactly. <laughs> you knew you wanted it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you um, you took over the voice of Pooh, which is one of your more famous roles at this point. You took over really yeah. early in your career after Sterling Holloway died. Um, yes, yes. I, God bless him. And I, but I know that Disney is really protective of a lot of its classic characters. And it was it surprising to you that they ended up giving you know Pooh and Tigger, which are these two huge classic characters, to somebody who was so early in their career? No, no, it was uh, it, that never even occurred to me. I just um, you know, I auditioned with with everybody else, and you know, I think the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. Well, well, was he good enough? Did he did he get the job done? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> done. You know what I mean? It's it's a. Uh, was probably not a. You know, if it, if it, if it's working, and it's not broken, then there's really nothing to fix. Yeah. Now, did they know at that point after? At when they knew they had to replace the voice and they, they knew that, you know, we, we need somebody who can just mimic that voice exactly, or were they a little bit open to some variation? Well, I think the, the idea is to, is to maintain the continuity. Right. So, you know, they didn't want, uh, uh, you know, Winnie the Pooh to show up and sound like Baloo yeah. or, or Yogi <laughs> Bear, you know, it just wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't have been Winnie the Pooh anymore. Yeah. You know, so, you know, continuity is the, is the, uh, the watchword on that one, you know. Yeah. Well, cr creatively, though, for you, um, 
I mean, you've done hundreds of voices and hundreds of characters at this point. So what's different when you approach a character when you have to come up with a new voice for a brand new character versus someone like Winnie the Pooh, where you have to you have to maintain that continuity? Well, you know, when when you're uh, when someone has passed on, obviously, uh, like with Sterling Holloway or Paul Winchell, uh, the the thing is, you 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 know, you want to go back to the original and and first capture the sound and. Uh, you know, you have to sound like a job one, and then uh, and then you have to be able to, you know, to you know, as far as an actor, because it's all we're all basically character actors, mm-hmm. and we're doing characters, and that's just what they sound like. People say, well, it's a voice, it's a voice. Yes, but it's it's that's really not a, a strong enough uh, or an accurate enough description or or a tag on that because. You know, just doing a voice is is one thing, but then acting in character and portraying it and making it believable, then that's a whole other thing. So job one is first sounding like it, you know, and then, of course, being able to, you know, if this guy's really laid back, you have to be be able to capture that. If if he's ebullient and bouncing all around like Tigger, then there's that. And if he's sweet and sentimental and sort of old-fashioned like Pooh, then you have to go that way. And that's you know, the, first you get the sound, then you then you then you portray the character, and uh, you know, then you're off to the races. Then you can add a little of your own stuff here and there, and let it progress and grow in a natural way. But then, when you're coming up with a brand new character that has not been established yet, then that's a, a different uh, a different approach. You know, you're working with the I think of it almost as molding. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with the with the producer, the director, the the writers, the uh, voice director, the the artists, uh, you know, you're looking at the size of the, the character. If it's, a, you know, an ant or a giant, you know, there's all these things come together. If he's is right. he from a certain country, is he from here? What's what's he all about? Is he domineering? Is he shy? Is he this? You know, and then you're then you're just forming the character. I I love both processes, um, but uh I think it's more fun, you know, in the end to, uh, it, it's, as much fun as it is like doing a Pooh or Tigger or uh, Taz, you know, some truly King Louie, what have you, uh, Pete, clearly, clearly established characters, even though they were there before me, the trick is to sound like them first yeah. and then, you know, add your own stuff. But when it's a brand new character, uh, that's that's a whole different thing. It's a lot of fun, you know, because you're you're, you're establishing that like, I don't know, like uh, Hondo Onaka or uh, from Star Wars or Darkwing or Ray from Princess and the Frog or, you know, just on and on and on all the all the rest, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a ball. You know, I love doing that. And then uh, you just put it out there and hopefully folks enjoy it. So when when you start uh, developing the new character, do you get a lot of information about the character or are, are you just kind of going with a little bit? Oh yeah. Well, you know, whatever they have, that's what you have. You know, if it's, uh, you know what I mean? If, well, he's an ogre lives in a cave. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, is the cave in Ireland or, or Norway? Well, okay. This one's in Ireland. Okay. You know, so it's, you know, you're basing it on what you, what you've got. Like with Darkwing, it would have been, you know, he's, uh, doesn't have any superpowers, but he thinks he's, but his ego is such that you, you, he, he thinks he's practically, you know, Superman in duck form, you know. Mm-hmm. But so he's kind of braggadocious and he's uh, slightly reckless, but he's daring and, uh, you know, as opposed to like a, a just a sort of a piglet style character. He's, <laughs> he's definitely not that, you know. And then, you, you know, you just use that information. 
to tailor and to tailor it to the to, to the character and to the requirements for the role. You know, are there times when you just get like an illustration of what the character looks like, and then you just sort of you have to fill in all those pieces yourself? A uh, little bit, not not very often. They all they always have. I mean, if it's just some you know the mailman or yeah, you know grimy man number two yeah, you, you know in some video game, then that's really nothing. Nothing to worry about there, but uh, it depends on, you know, how prominent the character is going to figure in the story. Yeah. Do you, do you typically get a lot of direction from producers on, on shows or on films about what, uh, do, do they already have like a, a concept of what they want the character to sound like, or do they just go to town? Well, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. A lot of times it boils down to, you know, we're not 100% sure, but we're open to suggestions, so throw, throw a few things at us and... Uh, We'll see where we land. You know, it's a lot of times I call it the, you know, the scratch and sniff approach. <laughs> you know, if, uh, okay, well, that was pretty good. Yeah, let's, let's explore that. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. The French guy from Brooklyn. I don't know. You know, <laughs> what, you know, so, uh, you know, it just depends. It's a, it's a molding process. Yeah. How long does that process usually take? Like, just, I know it will vary from character to character, but generally oh, yeah. speaking. Extreme, very extreme variables. But the, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, the longest one I, I think I ever did was, uh, well, I know for sure was the character Bonkers. Yeah. On uh, the old Disney afternoon, we had, uh, usually, you know, you, you do your original audition and then you'll perhaps get a call back and then you're either are going to, they'll either, uh, decide on you or not, but with Bonkers, I think I, we went back five times. Five. I mean, they saw like 432 actors for oh that role. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, how and did, at the end, it, it was ridiculous. Well, I don't know. Well, I didn't. You know, I just went in. They kept varying the script a little bit here and there, and then they'd say, "Well, how about this now? How about that now?" And I remember uh, going down to Weddington Studios. This is. I don't know. Well, maybe in the early '90s or or late '80s, but it was. Uh, I walked in and there was a, the guy, who uh, at the time there was a TV campaign called Mac. It was out uh, a character called Max Headroom. Oh yeah. And uh, Matt Furr was uh, the guy, and there was another guy there, uh, and it was the three of us. We were, we were all sitting around there looking at each other. It's like, God, how about how how you know how have you. How many times is this? Oh, this is my fifth. You too, huh? Oh my God. Yeah, me too. Is this your fifth time back? Yeah, yeah. The first one and then four more. I said, damn. So I guess it's just us. And and Matt Furrier sitting there and he goes, yeah, it was just us. And he looked like Max Headroom and Jim Carrey was sitting next to him and he goes, well, alrighty then. I guess we're going to see who's going to do what. And then, uh, so he went in and Matt went in and I went in and Jim Carrey came busting out of there like, man, I'm killing this. And he he was on a show in Living Color at the time. Right, of course. And uh, and I thought, okay, well, there you go. That's that's fun. And I ended up getting bonkers, being bonkers, <laughs> and it drove me bonkers. But uh, <laughs> but you know, so it it's it's a process. That was definitely five times. And I, I bet you could ask. Uh, Jim and Matt, and, and, and that would probably be a, a record for them, too. That's that's a lot of times going now, back. Now, the voice that you did each of those times, did that the voice evolved and it changed? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. They, you know, they, they would say, well, he might have been too innocent. We need a little more Weisenheimer mm -hmm. in there. That one was, oh, now he's too wise guy. It's too, you know, so it, 
you know, it's just a, it's like I say, a truly a molding process. Yeah. And, uh, so we, we ended up finally get, got done molding. Finally, <laughs> I was getting moldy. I can tell you. It came moldy. That, that's fascinating though. I never knew that it, you know, the voice of bonkers came down between you and Jim Carrey and Matt Brewer. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the three of us. That's hilarious. The, the character. Thank God they, uh, although I'm sure at that time, you, you know, it's been a while since uh, Jim Carrey would be doing anything for scale. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'm sure I'd get it again, just uh, virtue of the fact that he, that he doesn't feel like working, working for that kind of money anymore. <laughs> but that's fine, you know. So now that you're established and experienced, do you still have to do the audition thing, or do you? They just come to you and ask you to do the voice. Uh, a little of both. If it's yeah. something, you know, specific or something that they really, they just don't know, it'll be like, well, can we do, you know, but usually, uh, you know, at this point, I, uh, a lot of times I just get called, you mm -hmm. know, I'm very grateful for that. And I, but on the other hand, you know, if I really want something, you know, what's that, what's that? Oh, here, let me get it. Let me read on that. I want it, you know, Yeah. but uh, it's, it's a mixture of both. You know, I figure I've got a I've got a blue collar attitude toward a no collar career. <laughs> I always say, you know, so you don't have keeps any, you humble. You don't have any compunction against going into an audition. You're not, you know, you don't oh, have, heck no. You don't have an ego. No, it's fun. The size of the it's room. fun. It's the stuff I used to get kicked out of class for doing. You know, yeah. so it's 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 still a lot of fun for me. I dig it. Yeah. Yes, Would, indeed. Um, I mean, speaking of of you know going in for auditions and everything, I mean. How I'm often curious. How big is the voiceover world? Because I, I think that there's an impression that it's a it's a wide open field and it's an easy job to do. And I, I know better because I've I've talked to enough of you guys. But it it seems looking past that initial assumption, like it's a relatively small community of actors. Is that true or is it? Uh, yes and no. Well, that used to be more true than it is now because uh, so many people have. Uh, been getting into it uh, like across the country a lot of uh, home studio people so a lot right. of people just sitting in their home their bedroom in Peoria squeezing out the promos and right. this and that and you know um, but uh, you know it, it's it's it, it you know it's big and it's not you know you know because a lot of people uh, although a lot of uh, you know a lot of movie stars and like George Clooney and on on and on uh, are are getting into voiceover now, but they tend to go toward more of the big campaigns, but right. they still use them for, uh, which is understandable, but yet I, you know, I have mixed emotions about it. I, I understand why producers would get, you know, um, you know, George Clooney or Brad Pitt to do, to do the voices for their movie. Mm -hmm. uh, or Ray Fiennes or whoever, you know, because uh, then they can go on the Tonight Show or or one of the late night talk shows or what have you and, and get some, uh, get some uh, publicity for the, for the show in that way. Mm -hmm. And plus I think they like to, the producers probably just like to hang out with, with, uh, you know, yeah. with Jennifer Lopez. Why not? Right. Yeah. Uh, so I get it. But, um, I, I a lot think, of times I think I, you guys would be a lot more fun to hang out with. Than Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> well, I do too, <laughs> but it's funny. Uh, they, but a lot of times I, I jokingly say, well, I'm the token, uh, non-celebrity in a lot of movies, you know, yeah. like Nomeo and Juliet. They, um, gosh, they, I was a character Featherstone. It was a movie Elton John did. And, uh, mm -hmm. oh gosh, uh, Emily Blunt was there and James McAvoy. And, and, uh, I, in fact, I was like the only, uh, non-Brit in the cast <laughs> and, uh, they had, uh, 
they had cast, oh gosh, Gene Levy, and uh, I'm going to forget a couple of the other names. Oh, Steve Carell. Uh, and they just weren't clicking, but they they always wanted to have that famous face. Yeah. And uh, it was getting down to the wire, and they're like, wait a minute. We got this freaking movie done, but we don't have anybody. <laughs> we don't have our comedy relief guy. Uh, he's not even nailed down yet. We're, they're going out of their minds. They, they were like, well, we really wish we could get John Candy, but apparently he's still dead. And I'm going, yeah, that's yep, true. Not going to change. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to change anytime soon. And, and, and so um, Kelly Asbury called me because he knew me from Shrek. And uh, they, it was one of the first times that I, the only time that I've ever had people just admit that they really wanted a famous person face instead of. Yeah. A non-person, but uh, they, uh, you're they not, you're apparently. You're not a non-person. What does that mean? No, no, a non, non, fa- non, fa- non-famous, like okay. People magazine cover person. Right. Okay. You know, so you know, and they, and they even said, uh, "I'm sorry, I, I don't know uh, what, which uh, particular issue of uh, People magazine would Mr. Cummings on the cover." Oh, <laughs> perhaps I missed it. You know, and then they, I guess Kelly, uh, at, at the time they were animating in Toronto, and they had gone to see Princess and the Frog. And they were up against the wall, and they walked out. Kelly said they walked out, and he was there with the other three other producers and directors. And and he said, well, and they said, oh, all right, call the BAFTA. You know, so they they called me up, and I went in, and I read for it. And they go, oh, well, we hadn't thought of that, have we? You know, because I I did him sort of – he was a flamingo. So I thought, well, you know, there's a lot of flamingos in Miami, and Miami has a lot of Cubans, so this guy's going to be from Cuba. And so Stone was from Cuba. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, I I kind of snuck in that way. So I know that they, they've got the, my friend Jenny McSwain calls a TV guide casting. Who's on yeah. the cover of TV guide? Let's get him. Yeah. And, you and know, they, uh, those kind of movies, though, where they have the big stars, you know, the Jim, the George Clooney's and, the you know, the Brad Pitt's, mm-hmm. they don't they're just doing their own voice. You know, I mean, they're just yeah. they're, they're just talking into a microphone for the most part. I don't think that I can recall off the top of my head a movie that had a big A-list actor. Yeah. Who did a voice? Right, right. Robin Williams was pretty much it. Yeah. Well, that, that, and that's uh, I mean, even was. Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy, they're as you know as many. I mean, Chris is the same guy in everything. everything. <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's I mean, a good. Eddie, it's a good guy. It's a really good guy, but it's the same one. Yeah, and the same thing with Eddie Murphy. I mean, you watch Shrek, yeah. you watch Mulan. It's just Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is a pretty good trick, apparently. apparently. But it's not exactly, it's not a stretch for him, that's for sure. Yeah, but I think, you know, the the, the true talent and the, the impressive aspect of it comes when you watch a movie and then somebody later says, hey, you know what, that was Jim Cummings, the same guy who does Pooh or Tigger. And you you had no idea because it sounded so completely different from what you've done. Before. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's what I, that's my stock and trade. You know, people will meet me and they'll go, Oh my God! I thought you'd at least sound like one of them. <laughs> you don't sound like any of your guys. And I go, well, I think I sound just like me. In, in those, yeah, but like no one else though. Just you. I mean, where? Yeah. How come I can't hear Tigger? How come I can't hear Taz or Darkwing or That's kind of Featherstone? I go because I'm just me now. That's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. So I know, and, you know pro- people say, "Well, I had no idea you sang. I had no idea." Yeah, I had I no idea this wasn't that was you, not Danny DeVito. I had no idea that was you, not Ed Asner or yeah. Jeremy Irons. And I go, well, that's the, my job. Yeah, you weren't I, supposed I to know. I didn't know that you were you were singing either until you know I did not for this show, but I I found out a while back that you you know you were a very good singer, 
And it was funny. I stumbled upon some article that thought they had like uncovered some secret, you know, un un unbeen un heretofore known truth that that really wasn't Jeremy Irons singing that whole song in, in The Lion King. Oh, yeah. I thought they like broke the news. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> they, um, Jeffrey Katzenberg at the time, he was still at Disney, it was pre, pre DreamWorks, and uh, they uh, decided, you know, I, apparently they gave Jeremy a shot at, at the song, but um, as uh, Sir Tim Rice said, he goes, I think you can hear every Marlboro the man has ever smoked. <laughs> and I said, oh, I said, oh, okay. And, and, and so uh, I ended up singing the song and, and uh, they would go back and forth, uh, you know, with Jeffrey Katzenberg, of course he was executive producer at Disney at that time still. And he'd say, well, and, and they would have him sign off. Okay, did he sign off on this song? Yes. Okay, this song's done? Yes. 100% done. Guaranteed. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's perfect. It's great. Are you sure, Jeffrey? Are you sure? Yes. Call this song done. That one's done. They, you know, down the line, down the line. And they came up to be prepared and they, they did the same thing. They thought, oh, this is wonderful. Perfect. Oh my God, I had no idea. I, bravo, Jeremy. Wherever you, I mean, excellent, excellent. Yes. Done, 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 done. They go, okay, that's not Jeremy. What? <laughs> but they but they made they made sure that he signed off before they told him <laughs> and it was, it was like no it's jim and they go what, what? And, and he said no no it's, it's okay it's because it, you already signed off on a gotcha you know so it's like <laughs> so it's like, if it gets past jeffrey katzenberg it's a good sign it's definitely a good sign i mean it's it's remarkable how much it yeah. sounds like him uh, well, good. Well, thanks. That was the idea. I, I probably looped about uh, six or eight lines in the movie, too, because sometime, you know, after the animation is done or whatever. And, and of course, he lives in England, so yeah. that didn't help. But, uh, you know, they needed a few lines spackled up. Um, I think one about, um, and I, I'm at the shallow end of the gene pool <laughs> or something. Uh, two or three, there was like maybe like six lines that I had to sweeten up. But, yeah. but but I did all the singing. He never even he never even said the words "be prepared" in really? the song. So yeah, so. Wow. But you know he you know he, he he did basically all the talking. Yeah. I know that your powers of retention, etc. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you've had this question probably quite a few times. Uh, so we're gonna do a little twist on it. Instead of asking you what you would give for advice to a new actor. Maybe would you recommend voiceover work to a new actor just starting out? Oh sure, why not? I mean, uh, they, they weren't looking for me when I showed up. Yeah. You know, I mean, heck, even if all you're doing is pleasing yourself, I, I, uh, my old joke was that, uh, like, even like when I got the job as California Raisins, it's like, wait a minute, I, I would sing these songs for free. Anyway, in the shower, of course, I'll take I'll take a couple bucks to sing them, you know, and uh, and it's like, you know, I mean, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And I think, um, heck, I, I, I mean, learn to juggle too, learn to learn to be a pantomime artist as well, the anti voiceover. And uh, because there's no such thing as being too well rounded. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, uh, so uh, absolutely jump in. The water is fine. <laughs> How do you how do you prepare yourself um, for a really like offbeat voice that you have to do? I mean, I guess com coming up with voices and accents after enough time, sort of, it, I'm I'm sure 
is almost second nature to you. But when you have to come up with a, you know, quote unquote, crazy voice like Ed from The Lion King or Taz on the Looney Tunes, like that, do, mm -hmm. they don't really have the words. It's just a lot of noises coming out of your mouth. Like, how do you do you have to put yourself in a different headspace for that? No, I don't think so. I, I, I unfortunately, I'm probably already there. <laughs> so uh, I don't, it's not a big trip. Like if I want to get in touch with my inner child, I don't have to look far. He's he's just sitting right, there, still sitting right there, you know, uh, and that goes with all the, the crazier aspects and et cetera. But uh, now I, I don't even think I, I don't even know that I think about it at all. I, I, I jokingly, uh, I have a, an expression that I say instincts are the best stinks. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if, you, if, it, if it hits you and it rubs you the right way and it, and it tickles your funny bone, then, you know, chances are that others will, it will, other people will enjoy that that choice or whatever you want to call it as well. And, you know, um, it, it's mostly just a sort of scratch and sniff trial and error. You're trying things out, you're trying characters out, you're trying, you know, uh, in fact, I guess Featherstone would be a good example because everybody else was, uh, treating him, uh, well, you know, just like, well, Gene Levy, I mean, I don't, he's another, uh, he's a great guy. He's funny, funny as he could be. Oh my God. I love him. And, yeah. and all the Christopher guest movies, he and Catherine O'Hara, they're, astonishing to me I, I love the guy but um i guess so if you take away his expressions and his facial expressions and you know when he crosses his eyes strategically and just all these great things that we all love about the guy um his his voice was kind of in a i guess not to denigrate but perhaps a, a little vanilla shall we yeah. say yeah so I, I think just throwing in you know how, how do you get in that headspace or whatever i sometimes i think just whatever is whatever out of the box what a corny expression that is but if you if you really just uh you know it's like i said the the idea well a lot of flamingos in miami i was thinking of miami vice for some reason it popped into my head mm -hmm. and then i thought well wait a minute there's all they're they're all aren't they all from cuba or something or at least close enough and so next thing i know the guy's from cuba well he's He's a pink flamingo sitting in an English garden. How the hell he came from Cuba, I'll never know, but they bought it. But it's just different enough, and it was just outside the, you know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes you just and, have to make the right person laugh, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and they go, wow, I would have never come up with that one. See, that counts. Yeah. You know, that, that helps. That's, that's why they keep coming back to you, that and great Yeah, well, I guess, maybe. I'll take it either way, right? That's right. <laughs> um. I know for a lot of voice actors, doing the convention circuit has almost become a second career. You guys are different place, different city, different place every weekend. Um, and I know it's got to be gratifying to see and meet so many fans. Oh, yeah. Um, but do you ever get tired of them? The, the cons, not the fans. Well, I, I don't. I won't do them if I don't uh, feel like it. I mean, yeah. it's not like I make a living. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we make a couple of bucks and what have you, but I... But I, I really gratified by it. I mean, that between that and social media and this and that, I, it's funny because I've, I've been doing it so long now that it's really gratifying because people will bring their kids that, you know, they've watched the shows and, you know, there'll be like a seven-year-old come waltzing up and he's dressed like Darkwing Duck and I'm going, okay, yeah. this show was off the air for 10 years before you were born. <laughs> how are you? How is that? And then the dad and mom will come up and and she's dressed like Gosling, and he's launch pad or something. Yeah. And uh, he plops down a big old stack of Darkwing DVDs and Tailspin DVDs and, you know, Aladdin. And, and it's like, oh, I see where we're going with this. <laughs> and they go, that's right. We're raising them right. That's you know? right. That's right. And the little seven-year-old, 
let's get dangerous. <laughs> and I go, all right, buddy, yes, we are going to get dangerous. So, you know, it's uh, it's pretty gratifying at this point, you know, to, to see that is, is kind of amazing. And, and uh, you know, so many fans, I mean, they just get really overwhelmed, and especially with Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, they uh, – they they tug on a lot of heartstrings. So I, you know, I, I, I will, I don't, you know, I'm not going to let myself get burned out. It's, I don't do them every week, by the way, maybe one a month. I maybe do my like, uh, so I haven't been doing it. Everybody's been doing it a lot longer than I have. This is maybe the third year that okay. I've ever done it. I've probably done about maybe less than three dozen total. Wow. So you've just completely. started relatively. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I know everybody, you know, the whole world's been doing it uh, a lot longer than me, but uh, you know, uh, but it's it's a lot of fun, and you know, you get to travel and see people and have a good time, and sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. Justin, do we want to? We, we've yeah. got we've got quickly because I know we're running up against time. We've got a few lightning questions that we're just gonna throw at you real fast. Alrighty, all right. Go for it, Justin. So I'll I'll just pick a few out of here, and we'll go. All right, first one: favorite voice that you've done. Uh, well, Pooh and Tigger are in their own category, but then I got to go with uh, Darkwing and Ray and uh, Honda Onaka from uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. Ray from Princess and the Frog. And, you know, it, it's tough. I, I can't even come close to giving just one. Yeah. <laughs> do you have so many great ones? That's why. Yeah, it'd be hard to pick. That's for sure. Um, mm. do, you have any, do you have any voices that you are not least favorite that you don't like to do? Probably wouldn't want to uh, say. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. What is, okay, what is your dream character, if you could voice any character? Oh, man. I, I don't know. All the, the ones that I have already done, <laughs> they're all kind of my dream characters. I don't, you know, I don't have any envy of anybody else's because it, it, it wouldn't be, uh, you know, it's like, mm, no, nah, kid can't do it, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, not in the, it's not in the DNA. Jamie, you want to take a couple? Sure. Um, the character you're asked to do the most when you meet fans. Oh, gosh. Um, maybe, well, it's a toss-up. Uh, uh, Darkwing or uh, a lot of people like are crazy about Ray from Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. And um, about Pooh and Tigger, you know, they're they're in their, like I say, they're the traditional uh uh, you know, evergreen sort of guys. So they've, they've got their own thing, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and oddly enough, Dr. Robotnik, which is weird. I think really? we did like two seasons on, yeah. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then one or two, uh, uh, video games, uh, characters, uh, it's video. I think video games are kind of like NASCAR, yeah. uh, to sports, you know, they're the biggest thing out <laughs> there, but it's like you, you always think it's going to be the Super Bowl, but is the, the or baseball or basketball, but apparently NASCAR is bigger than all of them put together. Well, yeah. video games make more money than all of the movie yeah. industry put together. So yeah. it's kind of like that too. And as a result, uh, like characters like um, I have to say uh, Minsk uh, from uh, Baldur's Gate is mm-hmm. unbelievably popular, <laughs> and then uh, Pete for a variety of reasons. It was just the 20th anniversary of. Uh, Goofy movie just recently, Pete, Pete and Goofy, naturally, and he's also the oldest. Uh, you know, I always say he's tied for first place as the oldest Disney character because he was in Steamboat Willie. That's true. So, you know, um, so he's way up there for me, that's for sure. 
but uh, and and he gets a lot of requests. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, and then Taz, I, I don't know. <laughs> there are a lot of people. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm kind of tired after meeting the fans. <laughs> Just doing so many voices all day. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's rewarding, you know. I like to see those little faces light up. Yeah. Yeah, and big faces. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. All right, a few more here, real quickly. Favorite actor that you work with, voice actor? Oh boy, now I really have a bunch of them. <laughs> uh, you know, Rob Paulson's there. Uh, Jess Harnell, Tress McNeil. Uh, gosh, Tara Strong, Eric Bowser is amazing. Jeff Bennett. Um, oh gosh, I can't. You know, Gray. Um, yeah, I, I almost, I almost have to shut up because if I keep going, gonna then I'm going to end up forgetting one or two people. And then it's going to be stupid. <laughs> but uh, you okay. know, because I could just, I could be here all day. Okay. You know, I, they're all such wonderful people. Television, film, or video game? Yes. <laughs> Poo or Tigger? What, what's that? Uh, what, what's that? Oh, Tide. Tide. Favorite, yeah. favorite Darkwing villain? Hmm. Uh, Megavolt and Negaduck. Good. Good Steelbeak's up there, too. And if you have one, a favorite Disney Park attraction? Huh. Boy. Good question. Uh, not any, all of them, but it's a small world. <laughs> uh, not a fan, huh? <laughs> not, not, it's a small world. No, I, I, you know, the Sherman Brothers, uh, you know, I've sung so many songs for them over the years. And one of my favorite stories is I joked around and, uh, you know, with, with uh, Dick and Bob. And I, I told him, I said, you know, you guys have a lot to answer for, uh, because of it's a small world. <laughs> they laughed and they go, oh. I said, I, I hope you understand that. I, I think I may have found the antidote. And, and, and he looked at me, Bob looked at me and he goes, what the antidote? And I go, yeah, that song's a, a plague. It, it, it comes into your head and you can't get it out. And they go, well, that was Walt's idea. That was Walt's idea. He said, when people come out of this Fakakta ride, I want them to be humming this song all day. And I said, Walt Disney said Fakakta. He goes, I might've put that one in. I said, yeah, I, I thought so. I said, but I think it's the Beatles, the long and winding road. He goes, what? Yeah, you know, it's a number after all. You're hearing that then. The long and winding road that leads to your door. And I said, now see, now that's in your head. Now, if that comes back on you in about three or four minutes, you won't want to kill yourself. <laughs> and, 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 and as opposed to, it's a small word. <laughs> and they laughed like hell. So those, uh, those, those poor guys, the Sherman brothers must have listened to people complaining about that song their entire lives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's... Uh, but it worked. Yeah. Uh, they're laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, God rest uh, the one soul. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it, so any, so the answer is anyway. Although I like the haunted mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, can't go too wrong. Yeah. And then the, the Cars ride down in uh, mm -hmm. in Florida. Oh yeah, I love you know, that. Um, in California. Yeah. So yeah, both of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so hmm, there you have it. Excellent. All right, perfect. Thank Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, guys. This has been fantastic. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Jamie, I, the story about uh, the small world. <laughs> the yeah, that's small a keeper. World, that is 
you know, yeah, you never expect something like that out of a lightning round. But no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh. Yeah. From from what I understand, though, the uh, the Sherman brothers were uh, they 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 were lightning themselves. They were they just full of full of right. energy, and you know they, they had those one liners the entire lot their entire and, lives. And they did uh, they did the song for the Carousel of Progress too, didn't they? What song would that be? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. What, what is that ride? <laughs> no, there's actually yeah. a YouTube video you can find. And if we could use copyrighted music, I would totally have it in our intro. It's we're not Walt, we're not that popular. No. <laughs> yeah, we probably could. It's Walt Disney and the Sherman Brothers uh, at a piano debuting the song. And it's on YouTube. You can go watch it. And it's 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 awesome because Walt is singing with them. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. That's an yes. aside from Jim Cummings, but <laughs> yeah, and um, yes, they definitely did that song, which we obviously love because we named our um, <laughs> our, our show after them. Um, but yeah, when I was at D twenty three, Richard Sherman was there up on stage. Okay, because uh, he's still alive, and um, obviously, right. If I if I saw him on stage, <laughs> and um, yeah, so he was up there, and he. I don't think it was like a debut, but he he sat at the piano and sang um, the new this new song that he wrote. Um, okay. And then it was taken over by the woman. I should have had this prepared, but she was she was she's one of the Broadway stars. Um, maybe she's Mary Poppins. I'm not really sure who she was, but she um, the song is um, "Kiss Goodnight." And okay. I guess yeah. it's, They were talking, and I, I, again. I'm just kind of talking here. I should have done my research, yeah, but that's okay. apparently this is what they want to play. Like after the fireworks, it's sort yeah. of like they're going to play it on the loudspeakers as everybody walks out down main gotcha. street. And it's, it's like, that's your last kiss. Good night. Yeah. It's a, it's a charming song. I mean, it's not, it's not small world or great big, beautiful tomorrow. It's not like catchy right. in a sort of way, but it's a, it's a beautiful well, they, song. They actually do that at the, at the end of the night when they're closing the park, you can search mm-hmm. the videos for it. it's called the kiss. Good night. You can see it. Yeah. People have videotaped it. Yeah, and so that, that was cool that's a little Easter egg. On, yeah, is to see him on stage playing that. So um, yeah, that's neat. And singing the first couple. I mean, verses. I mean, who who gets to see that, right? Like, I mean, yeah, not well, everybody I mean, in that hall. No, but know? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's oh, just, that's not that's not everybody like in the you know Disney yeah no, the no, Disney no. Kingdom verse whatever you call it. It was it was definitely a special moment. It was very nice. But, Perfect. Um, yeah, man, Jim Cummings, hey. Yeah. And wait, you guys, I can't wait for you to hear the liner he did for us. It's probably going to be on the end, on the tag of our next episode. Uh, I'm not sure when I'll put it in. Maybe on the front of the week before this one. Yeah, they, you they you may have heard. already heard it. But if you haven't, go to the Dino Trucks episode. I'll put it on the front of that one. Awesome. Cool. So thanks for listening this week, guys. If you want to find us on Twitter or Facebook, we're at the GBB Podcast for both. And I'm Justin Connors. I'm at 140 Justin C. And, and I'm, I'm Jamie Green. I'm at The Roarbots. Perfect. All right, guys. Have a great week. We will see you next week. Next week. I guess. I guess we'll continue doing this thing. I don't know. I I think so. Okay. (laughs) Have a great week. (laughs) This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad.